To get your free audio gift, The Three Pillars of Achieving Your Perfect Weight Using the Mind-Body Connection, go to healthymindfitbody.com and enter your first name and email address, and we'll send that to you right away. Welcome, everyone, to Healthy Mind Fit Body Podcast number 21. This is Wes, and I have Kevin on the other line. Hey, Kev. Hey, Wes. What's going on? Not too much. We were just going over some different things to discuss on this episode. And we were talking the other night when you were out and about. There were a couple of people you were with that had uh, graduate degrees in various disciplines. And they kind of took issue with your perspective on nutrition, huh? Yeah, yeah. And once again, I, I think I've proven that talking about nutrition and mixed company is equivalent to talking about religion or politics. <laughs> and it's kind of like dropping a bomb if you have anything that's outside of the mainstream viewpoint with some people. Yeah, it definitely is. People get really enamored with their own perspective on eating because they do it every single day, multiple times a day. So right. to be told they're not doing it the way that they could better be doing it or they could do it better is a tough pill to swallow, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like the red pill with nutrition. Mm -hmm. And so the, the way this conversation happened was uh, somebody was kind of asking me, how many calories do you think that a swim workout of an hour in length would burn? And my response was, well, calories don't matter. Let's forget about calories. And mm -hmm. uh, then I added to that and said, you know, that the caloric theory of weight loss has uh, been debunked already. And so, you know, there's really no need to sit there and count calories and so a couple other people at the table just were flabbergasted <laughs> at, that, at that comment. What? How could you say such a thing? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I had to further explain it. And even with that, it was like, no, 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 I, I, there's no way that's right. So instead of, you know, erupting in anger and uh, <laughs> slamming my fist down on the table, <laughs> I decided to just kind of like let that go for that time being. So. Yeah, it's not what the textbooks say, and it's really hard for you know people that have been educated in the textbook theory to disband with this idea that calories in versus calories out, right? and then your energy expenditure, basically. That's a very simple way of looking at human metabolism, but there are other factors. I mean, a few podcasts ago, we talked about the process of gluconeogenesis and the way the body actually deals with carbs and the insulin related to you know the carb consumption and how that plays a huge role yeah. in how these calories are dealt with by the body. Yeah, and, and these people that I mentioned, um, there's two of them, they are both endurance athletes. Both of them train a lot. So they're out there and running, you know, uh, 50 miles a week mm -hmm. and biking and the other guy's a triathlete and he swims and I mean it's just like they're working out constantly. And so to tell them that, you know, hey, it doesn't really matter. The calories don't matter. How much you burn isn't that relevant to overall your weight and everything. It's like it's impossible for them to get that. It's easier just to count the calories, isn't it? <laughs> it's easier, but it's also time consuming. And Yeah, does it even have a big difference in the amount of weight that you gain or the weight that you lose? in comparison to the insulin factor with the carbohydrates. And of course, when people skimp on fat, that's problematic too. So it's like a double whammy. People have this calorie theory of weight loss in their head that they need to watch their calories, regardless of what those calories are. And then, of course, they need to cut out all their fat or most of their fat. Yeah. But that's why we have nutrition labels, so people can really get a handle on this calorie counting and the things in it, right? Foods that we see. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that's all we need. I mean, if we didn't have nutrition labels, wow, we'd really be in bad shape as a, a culture, right? Yeah, there's that organization we talked about uh, a while back with Tom Naughton, the Center for Science and the Public Interest, right? CSPI guy. <laughs> well, he's back again. Oh, yeah. This was an article on the Daily Green. It's kind of funny because they threw in some video clips of different things. One was Bill Cosby talking about chocolate cake for breakfast. And I looked. And there was chocolate cake. The child wanted chocolate cake for breakfast. How ridiculous. And someone in my brain looked under chocolate cake and saw the ingredients. Eggs. Eggs are in chocolate cake. And milk. Oh, goody. And wheat. That's nutrition. What do you want? Chocolate cake, chocolate cake, coming up. <laughs> Sliced it for and served it. Now, you need something to drink with the chocolate cake, something breakfast. Grapefruit juice. <laughs> this is not your child. <laughs> so I give the child a glass of grapefruit juice. Chocolate cake, nutrition, eggs, milk, and wheat in the chocolate cake. And I didn't have to cook. (laughs) It's a classic 10-minute video, isn't it? Yeah, it's great stuff. Because there are eggs and milk and wheat in chocolate cake, so what could be better for breakfast? Dad is great. Gives us chocolate cake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, breakfast at 6 in the morning, so you got to whip something up. Um, so this article basically talks about nine food label lies. Reading food labels isn't as easy as you think. Here's how to decipher nutrition labels so you can separate fact from marketing. And I appreciated this paragraph here. Like listening skeptically to a politician speak, however, you can often decipher the truth amid the lies and misdirection by carefully reading food labels. Here we take a look at nine of the most common ways food labels lie, so you can prepare before your next trip to the grocery store. And, of course, the first one they have is made with whole grains. Yeah, and it says, uh, well, according to CSPI, they're talking about crackers here that Mm -hmm. are supposedly whole grain. It says, according to the CSPI, crackers have almost as much salt as whole grains, and other purportedly healthy crackers have more sugar than whole wheat. So much for healthy whole grains. So, not that it would be that much healthier if it was just the whole wheat, right? Yeah, the wheat flour, sometimes it's down on the list, as they say, if it's the third on the list, because they basically put it in order of the concentrations or the amount. Yeah. So, the first one you see on the list is it contains the most of that on down the list. But again, um, as we've talked about, the uh, wheat flour or just any sort of grains, bread, cereals, that's going to equal carbohydrates, which reduces to glucose in your bloodstream. And uh, that can be problematic if you're trying to lose weight. Yeah. And, and really, it's like we've talked about how eating grains isn't even necessary. So when you look at this article and what they're talking about, it's not just the grains, but they're not even the so-called healthy grains. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're dealing with just a bunch of processed crap. Yep. So, yeah, the next one they have is the ingredients, and that bears on the Cosby video about, uh, you know, what's actually in these things that we're eating. And a lot of these things, uh, processed foods, they say they have various things in them, but it's overwhelmed by 
bad stuff like sugars and so forth. So high fructose corn syrup again. Mm-hmm. Which can of diced tomatoes is sixty percent tomato and forty percent water, and which is seventy percent tomato? How much fruit is actually in that fruit-looking health bar? <laughs> right now, there's no way to know without a chemistry kit. Wow. How about those, uh, remember those fruit roll-ups? Are you rolling around your fingers? Yes, I do remember that. I think those are pretty uh, healthy, nutritious stuff? Not so much. Well, it's kind of reducing down to, if it's just the dried fruit and it's smashed into a nice little <laughs> flat thing, you know, that you roll up. I guess there's some micronutrients in there. It's almost as if you're eating fruit, but not so much. You know, it's it's better to eat the real thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Somehow those things sitting on the shelf all wrapped up in plastic and sitting there for a while, I don't think they're uh, giving us too much there to help our bodies. I always got a kick out of those little juice things. They say, contains real fruit juice. <laughs> as if amazing. that's some sort of novel achievement there. Yeah. You're claiming it's fruit juice. Well, it better have real fruit juice in it. <laughs> yeah. But again, that's an example, once again, of um, stripping fruit of all the wholesome goodies and just going straight for the sugar kick. Right. Not actually good for you. Yeah. So serving size is the next one. It says a 20-ounce soda fits easily in your hand, fits easily in your car's couple, or might even come with a free sandwich at local deli. But even if a reasonable person might perceive that a bottle is a single-serving delivery system, there are 2.5 official servings in there, meaning 100 calories per serving, but 240 calories per bottle. And I, this is something that I've definitely, I used to fall for that, where I'd see it and go, oh, this thing doesn't have much at all. It doesn't have much, uh, you know, it's pretty low in carbs and pretty low in calories. And yeah. But then you look and it's like, I guess they expect you to take your can or whatever, drink half of it and put it in the refrigerator. Divided by 2.5, yeah. Yeah. It is amazing. I think most people are suckered for this one because they think, okay, they buy this individual thing and they're thinking, obviously, that's one serving, right? Yeah. But that's not the case at all. You definitely have to look at how many servings per container and then, you know, whatever amount of carbs it has in it, multiply that by that number. Yeah. So that's an important one. And the uh, next one is omega-3s and... This is kind of a crazy one because, for one, they basically say, which is why many eggs and some walnuts use this bit of marketing misdirection. The packaging has the word omega-3, but nothing specifically about heart health, according to the Center for Science and the Public Interest. It's amazing that they give credibility to this organization time and time again. Yeah, they love that organization. And of course, the next one they mention is, the FDA specifically prohibited eggs from carrying the qualified health claim linking omega-3 fatty acids to heart health because eggs are high in cholesterol. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that something? So that's obviously another myth that the cholesterol in eggs leads to high cholesterol and therefore heart disease, right? Right. Yeah, we, we've covered that before. These are just myths. And of course, the FDA is nowhere near up to speed on the facts here and the truth. So No. So, But it did rule out uh, walnuts because the omega-3 fatty acids found in the nuts isn't one of the two that has been linked to heart health. Right. Well, that has some truth to it. Uh, it's yeah. actually not the same as fish oil, but uh, it certainly is not detrimental to your health. Right. And then we've covered this made with real fruit. We just talked about that. Mm -hmm. Zero trans fat. That's another one. Like some kind of Frankenstein's monster, we stagger down the grocery aisles, arms outstretched, growling, trans fat bad. And yes, they are bad. After numerous studies showed that these fats boost bad LDL cholesterol levels and lower good HDL cholesterol levels, 
They've been called the most potent type of fatty acid in terms of increasing the risk of coronary heart disease. The U.S. required companies to disclose trans fat content in their foods. While some companies reformulated their products to reduce the use of risky fats, many just replaced trans fats with saturated fats. These reformulated foods are basically just as bad, but they scream one truth. Zero trans fats to obscure another. Still bad for your heart. Wow. wow. So the saturated fat's bad for your heart. Not so much. <laughs> yeah, in fact, we had a, one of the articles we were looking at is uh, foxnews.com. It has an article that says, study fails to link saturated fat and heart disease. Mm-hmm. So this is getting out into the mainstream, finally. I mean, it's been out you know, in the alternative sources for years, but they're covering it now. And this is a Reuters article from Friday, February 5th. Yeah. Another misguided organization, the American Heart Association, suggests that adults get no more than 7% of their daily calories from the saturated fat. For someone who eats 2,000 calories a day, that translates into fewer than 16 grams of saturated fat per day. But, as this article says, in the new analysis, which combined the results of 21 previous studies, and this consisted of a sample size of nearly 348,000 adults... This uh, was pooled from 21 studies, so the researchers found no clear evidence that higher saturated fat intakes led to higher risks of heart disease or stroke. Right. So that'll be sure to stick in the AMA's craw. Hmm. They have to do some recanting there, apparently, or try to fudge the numbers and reinterpret it and do the whole assembling thing like they typically do. Oh, yeah. Par for the course. Yeah. So the next one would be free-range eggs, which I always buy free-range eggs. Mm-hmm. I don't see what the problem is. I guess what they're saying is that it's just a marketing tactic that it may say free range or cage free, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Mm-hmm. Because the government doesn't regulate the use of the phrase free range or cage free on eggs. Legally speaking, it's meaningless according to Consumer Reports. Eco-label decoder. Well, that might be an interesting thing to look at. Consumer Reports has a pretty good reputation for trying to get to the bottom of you know, bad marketing tactics. Yeah, that's true. So I guess it just bears on making sure that the companies that you buy the free-range eggs from or cage-free eggs are actually doing what they're saying, what they say they're doing, right? Yeah, I always shop at, and I think you do too, Trader Joe's for most mm-hmm. of my groceries, and they're pretty good companies. So I tend to trust them over the, the huge corporate places like Vons or Albertsons or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. So then we've got one on fiber, and that was always touted as what you need to get. You need to get you know, 20, 30 grams of fiber per day <laughs> to prevent colon cancer and so forth. But I think the research shows that there's really no effect there, is there? Yeah, and then they did the, the Saturday Night Live skit back in, the, I think it was the early 90s, was Colon Blow. Yeah, the super cereal. Colon Blow. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you eat a bowl of that, then you're set, guaranteed not to get any cancer. Yeah, of course. But you will get a bad case of, you know what? Yeah. Montezuma's Revenge. That could happen. The runs. Yeah, all that good (laughs) stuff. So, um, what do they say here? They're basically saying that the fiber, the ingredients they use, polydextrose, maltodextrin, act more as low-calorie filling agents and high-value marketing agents than proven health agents. Mm -hmm. So, anytime they're adding things in to increase fiber content, that's not really... A wholesome thing. You should basically be going for the real foods, right? Yeah, so eat your vegetables and fruits and beans. Veggies have plenty of fiber. Yeah. Okay, so tastes like medicine? 
So yeah, they're basically challenging the claims on some of these products that says that they're good for what have you, heart health or immune system boosting, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, the more you get into the processed foods, the more they're grasping at straws to get you to buy this stuff. Yeah. Like, do you think that uh, giving your kids the juicy juice is a good idea? (laughs) It sounds good. Yeah. And it's probably not uh, actually juice. No. And even if it is, what happened to the rest of the fruit? Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, so protecting healthy joints with orange juice, you think that's the best way to protect healthy joints? No. Or improving heart health with Quaker cinnamon and spice instant oatmeal, which is almost one-third sugar. So you think that protecting your heart, you're going to eat all this sugar and expect to have good results? No. Yeah, it's uh, not likely. So that leads into the other story on New York Times, Calorie Counters, by William Newman. One bowl equals two servings. FDA may fix that. Mm -hmm. So here it gets into the whole serving size thing. The good folks over at the Food and Drug Administration, as well-meaning as they are, right, want to encourage manufacturers to post vital nutritional information, including calorie counts, on the front of food packages. So it's not enough to be on the side or on the back. they got to put it on the front now. (laughs) Yeah. Is this really what we need? I mean, do we need just more hand-holding and... Nanny state is at its best, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at this article and it just seems like more of the same. And the more of this stuff that happens, the less people are going to rely on themselves and rely on their own cognitive abilities to figure this out. And that's just it's just not a good thing because uh, not all food is labeled. I mean, think back to the caveman days. I mean, they didn't have labels. No, they did not have any nutrition labels. <laughs> They had a lot less disease. I mean, the infant mortality rate was a lot higher and there was sickness and so forth. But in terms of, you know, the foods that they were eating and the detrimental aspects of that, that wasn't so prevalent as today. Yeah. Yeah. And without an FDA, without labeling and all that, they still were not too much obesity going on back then and pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. It's as if, you know, the big agriculture and government subsidies of all this, these refined products and so forth, are needing this extra response to deal with the problems that it has caused. Yeah. So you create products that actually aren't healthy for people. And in order to deal with the consequences of that, you have to warn people not to eat it or that it's potentially detrimental. So you put the warning labels on the very front of it. Yeah. But again, it goes back to self-responsibility and taking charge of your own health and nutrition and thinking independently about these issues, as well as having the right nutritional information. Mm -hmm. And of course, we talked about that on the free audio you can download from our site, healthymindfitbody.com. We talk about the three pillars that kind of integrate weight loss and living a healthy life with the right sort of perspective on what you're eating and, you know, the ways that our culture actually presents food to people. And this is just another example of how the government steps in in place of people's personal responsibility. And in doing so, they usually end up messing it up and giving people the wrong information. Oh, yeah, of course. And we'd actually like to hear from you guys. So if you have anything that you want to hear us talk about or if you want to discuss any issues you're having with food or nutrition, fitness, anything like that, uh, we'd love to hear it. If you go to our blog, it's healthymindfitbody.com, and you can just put a comment in the latest blog post, mm-hmm. and we'll go over it on the show. If we hear, you know, if we get some good comments, we'll talk about it, or you can also email us directly. Mm-hmm. 
You want to cover that third article, calorie counters? Basically, they're saying, I mean, this is the other thing. Another article in the New York Times, just to tie this all up, calorie counters. They're thinking that if they just tell people how many calories things have in them, it's going to prevent them from eating as many calories. But again, they're on the wrong track. Uh, It's not really about the calories so much as the kinds of foods you're eating. Yeah, and telling people at McDonald's how many calories they're going to eat. I mean, that's been proven that people aren't going to stop because of that. And Tom Naughton in the Fathead movie, he actually did a little survey on that outside of a McDonald's and and nobody cares. (laughs) Nobody's going to McDonald's to cut out calories or to try to get slim. Exactly. So once again, the nanny state to the rescue for something that they were responsible for causing or they don't even need to be there to come to the rescue. So that about wraps this one up. Thanks for listening, everyone. And let's see, anything else? Happy Super Bowl Sunday. We didn't cover that. (laughs) Yeah. Hope you had a, instead of a big bag of Doritos or Tostitos, you had something healthy. Like chocolate cake. (laughs) Like chocolate cake. But if you didn't have chocolate cake, uh, or if you did, actually, you can always get right back to where you started. Right back in the zone of eating properly with that next meal. You're always just one meal away from getting back on track. Back on track. Indeed. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. Have a good week. It's a-